This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to Road School Moms Radio, where education meets adventure. Your hosts, Kimberly Travaglino of Full-Time Families and Mary Beth Goff, the road trip teacher, will share advice, information, and encouragement to bring your road schooling efforts to new levels. Moms. I'm one of your hosts, Kimberly Travaglino, full-time road schooling mom to four kiddos and co-founder of Full-Time Families, the resource for your full-time RV needs and so much more with families. And you'll find all sorts of blog posts and discounts and all sorts of information that full-time families uh, can use while they're on the road or before they get on the road. Tonight and every Sunday night, I am blessed to be joined by my lovely co-host, Hey, it's Mary Beth Goff, your road trip teacher, also a homeschooling full-time RVing mama to four kiddos on the road. I'm also the author and creator over at Road Trip Teacher, your educational resource for homeschool traveling families. We write destination study guides over there and all kinds of other resources that you can resonate with in your travels. And we also chronicle our daily crazy life over at Diver Road Mom, so we love to have you follow us there. We are coming to you tonight live in my rig from Southwest Florida. This might very well be the last time we come to you from this location, and during this season anyway. Um, we'll be stay tuned for that because we all know how uh, my plans tend to change. But we are looking to launch from this location, so we're enjoying the last few days that we have here in intensely hot Florida. And Katie, I'm glad to hear your voice as I am every Sunday night and wondering where in the world you are tonight. Likewise, Mary Beth, I am in beautiful Pacific Northwest, specifically Oregon by the coast. We are having an Oregon summer. That's one of the hashtags we're using on Instagram this uh, summer. And uh, we have, true to form, had an Oregon summer kind of week. If you have gone to our Road School Moms Facebook group, which has over 2,000 Road School Moms sitting there waiting to talk to you, if you're not part of that yet, go ahead and make a request so we can um, connect you with the uh, with the lovely ladies there. Um, we, Mary Beth and I, uh, try to post our picks of the week there. We call it a peek at our week. Um, and there you'll find that, you know, Mary Beth, I had a birthday this week in my rig. That was really no, I exciting. <laughs> I cannot believe it. I don't. I I know. I can't believe he's getting so big. I know. So the baby in our road school is now officially seven. Um, and, uh, gosh, life is good. You know, seven's a really nice independent age, and he can do so much on his own. And it's good. It's really good. It's um, I've really enjoyed all the different stages of my life, but this one I'm really enjoying because there's so much independence on all my kiddos' parts, and we can adventure alongside each other without anybody being carried or strollered around. It's good stuff. Um, if you saw the peaks of our week, though, then you'll see that we had a little bit of a cake fail. Um, I have a special Tupperware cooker that bakes cakes. I always brag about it. Bakes cakes in nine minutes. And, well, not angel food cake, it turns out. Not that one. <laughs> but found that out the hard oh, way, no. but that's okay. Yeah, it's okay, though. Sarah James was able to fix it with frosting. And uh, we carried on, and the kids were none the wiser. Um, We had a big, giant Nerf gun battle, which was so much fun. When he said he wanted to have a Nerf gun battle, I was envisioning 
us buying, you know, hundreds of dollars worth of Nerf guns and hundreds of dollars worth of bullets. But let me tell you my secret. If your kiddo ever wants to have a Nerf gun battle, which I strongly suggest, it was super fun. Uh, we got 300 Nerf bullets on Amazon for like $12. They're off-brand. They're not Nerf brand. But they fit in Nerf guns, and they've been perfect. So we got 300 of those for 12 bucks. We had like three or four Nerf guns of our own. We asked our guests to bring their own Nerf guns. And then I went to Goodwill and found like, like Goodwill's like an artillery for Nerf guns. It's ridiculous. And so we found a lot of Nerf guns there at Goodwill. And so we have, we had more than enough Nerf guns and a good time was had by all. You can see the picture there. We also went to one of our favorite stops, Tillamook Cheese Factory. That's uh, in Pacific City, Tillamook, Oregon. That was uh, great fun. You get free cheese samples, and they also have an ice creamery there because it's a dairy. Oh, my goodness, so delicious. We uh, spent the day yesterday at Pacific City Beach, which is a, has a 400-foot dune. If you're on my Instagram at Full Time Families, then you can see a video of my kiddos bopping themselves down the dunes. It's like moonwalking. Uh, the dune is so steep, and it's 400 feet tall. So uh, they climbed up and down it several times. I didn't have the energy for it. I remember many years ago um, that uh, it was uh, it, my lungs almost exploded. <laughs> so, I, and that was when I was in much better shape. So I could just imagine what that would be like this year, and decided, nah, not going to do that. Uh. Uh-uh. Um, and then Tonya and I, we, we, we found out two weeks ago about this berry called salmon berries. Have you ever heard of those, Mary Beth? I have not. We had never heard of them either, and we consider ourselves berry aficionados. Very, very good at that. <laughs> oh, Lord. But anyway. <laughs> You're in rare form tonight, I'll say. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, I almost got a nap. So anyway, these salmon berries, if you go on that Road School Moms uh, Facebook group, you will see them. They are the color of like a salmon orange. They're really pretty. They look just like blackberries or raspberries. They're, you know, they're all the little baby um, berry, berry bits. I don't know what to call them, but they look just like that. And, but they're this orange color. And we heard that they were slightly more sour than blackberries. And we saw them exiting our campground, but there was a creek separating us from them, and try as we might to lean over the creek, we were all going to take a, you know, a spill and drink. So we uh, agonized over it for a couple days, and every time we drove past those berries, we felt like they were teasing us. And then our uh, travel companions, the Jameses, their oldest daughter said, I saw them on the other side of the road too, Eureka. Okay, so when you're looking right and you see them, also look left. How about that? <laughs> so there they were. We went. Uh, we went after church today. Tony and I went on a bike ride and found them, and we were able to pe- pick a whole bunch and taste them. We all did taste testing of them, and they were they were delicious. They were not as sweet as blackberries or raspberries, but they were delicious. And now we can say we've had salmon berries. So that was good stuff. And then today we spent the day in Astoria. Have you ever been there, Mary Beth? I have that when we went on our big trip out west, our very first year that we traveled, um, when we came across the um, Pacific North, that's where we started. We started in Astoria and then we came down the 101. So I have been there. Beautiful, beautiful area. Yeah, it is. It's a super fun town. They have a really wonderful farmers market, um, especially on Sundays during the summer. So we went and did the farmers market. 
uh, with our friends. You know, we're with the Hartogs, loyal listener Clementine. She's parked right across from me, and we're with the Jameses. They're parked next to me. Uh, so the three families went and found spots in Astoria for our duallys and explored that and went to go see the sea lions, but it was a little too chilly for the sea lions to be sunning themselves on the boondocks. I mentioned Goondocks because Astoria is the setting and where The Goonies was filmed. Um, in fact, as we speak right now, my kiddos are watching The Goonies in our living room. Great, fun movie. Um, and so we went to a couple different Goonies locations, and then we went to a column that uh, is representing uh, Astoria and represents the history of Astoria all up the column. And what the column does, they're so clever at that column. They sell you these dollar gliders these wooden gliders, you walk 186 steps up, you throw the glider off the top, and you watch it glide down. I'm going to save you a whole step because you're not going to see this glider again. Make your dollar into a paper airplane and throw it down. <laughs> Same difference, 186 steps. Um, so uh, I was, the only reason why I went up there is because I was wearing my Fitbit and I was going to get credit for it. Boy, oh my that goodness! Was, that knocked me out. That knocked me out. So that was our week. How about you, Mary Beth? Oh my goodness, you made me exhausted just listening to you talk about all the stuff. Here, I thought I'm I'm kind of had a I've had a big week of my own, and so much so that I didn't even get a chance to post my pictures. I really just skated in here at the last second. Um, we kind of took a break off of our regular road school week because we were wrapping up so many things this week. As you know, we are our time in Southwest Florida, at least for the season, is coming to a close, and we're trying to wrap up a few things. Um, if you remember right, road school mom um, Mary Jane Williams um, had her daughter um, enrolled in an ice skating program, and that's my girls have been doing the same program um, all winter. They wrapped that up um, at the end of last week, and um done their testing and leveled out or whatever they did and they got their certificate for that and at the same time they were involved in another ice skating program if you remember me talking about a couple shows ago they um it's kind of like a they're on ice for an hour and then they're in a kind of a drama class for an hour and so this season they done alice in wonderland on ice and their big performance was friday night and the cool thing about this one was they they were in a show before but this particular one, the girls got to, all of those skaters got to choreograph their own solos. And I was really taken aback by all three of our um, road schoolers that were involved in that, and mine too, and Mary Jane Williams, um, her daughter Scout, done such a good job on those. And um, so we've done that on Friday. And, of course, all week long there were dress rehearsals and this and that. And I have to tell you that if you're in a place um, that you're for, you know, several weeks in a row that you can get involved in something like that, it's, it's a really good thing. I know it's a time commitment. It's not something that all of us are used to having to stay in one place because of commitments like that. But if, if your travels lends itself to that and you can put yourself in a place where there's a program like that with a special interest of one of your homeschoolers, I strongly suggest you take advantage of it because I know for my girls that they made some great friends and they had great experiences and it really was something they both found a new passion that they didn't know they had. And so that was a good thing. Um, the same time that was going on this week, our church um, faith assembly down here in um, North Fort Myers, Florida, a wonderful church. If you have kiddos and you're in this area, they have a wonderful kids program Sundays and Wednesday nights. 
And this particular time of year, they have a, a program. It's a music camp. It's not like vacation Bible school. They do that a different time. It's not a camp, you know, overnight camp thing. They do that a different time. This is actually a music and dance camp. And so, you know, Tori, that was right up her alley. So every day, 9 to 3, I drew, actually 8.30, 8.30, we had to drop them off. And if you've listened to me very long, you know that there's not very many um, eyes open at 8.30 in the morning in our rig, usually on a normal day. But Tori's eyes popped open every morning by 7.30, and she was raring to go. And they learned uh, a whole musical program this week called In the Beginning. And um, it was a baseball-themed musical, and so it was in the big inning, but, you know, in the beginning, it was all that kind of a thing. And it told a story um, from the Old Testament. It was just a wonderful, wonderful thing for her. She was so excited. And I'm going to tell you, KT, I don't know if you've experienced this or not, but um, if you've never, if you ever see your second grader for the first time in front of the church and everyone and you know she's singing and she raises up both of her hands and she's worshiping God and I'll t- I was awestruck I honestly couldn't talk breathe or anything I mean I'm sure there was tears rolling down my eyes that was probably the only thing that was going on I was so awestruck by it I mean she really just had a really good week at church and I'm so blessed that we were here and and that you know we we stayed a little bit longer we're here late this year um, and, and that's the reason why, I guess. You always say, KT, you're right where you're supposed to be, and I can't tell you how that touched her little heart this week, and she really, really enjoyed herself. So that's what we done with our week. It was all about the girls this week. Um, Tyler, as you know, oh, my goodness, is supposed to get his driver's license tomorrow. You don't even want to talk about it. Uh, so we've been practicing with him on the hours that we had left in our week, and uh that's what we've been doing, just lots of extracurriculars and trying to catch up with ourselves. That music program um, at church it was this evening at 6 o'clock that um, wound up that music camp for Tori. So we just got back in our rig here about 15 minutes ago, and we're excited to be here talking with you. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and I was able to see uh, on Facebook some of the uh, performance. Mary Jane Williams posted some of Scout's performance up there, so I was able to get a sneak peek of that. That was so cool. Yeah. I love that. And yeah, you know, it's um, what we do. We travel a little more uh, frequently than you do, Mary Beth. But we still, if I'm going to be someplace a month, then before I pull into that place, I kind of set up the extracurricular activity, like Tonya, you know, like to do gymnastics. Um, so before, like a week before or so, I'll look for gymnastics in the area, and I'll. Set up the deal because um, a lot of gymnastics will ask you to pay a registration fee, and it kind of gets really expensive if you're only going to do it for like three or four lessons because that's all you have. But I have found that all of the gymnastics companies I've worked with have been willing to waive that fee for us and let us pay a per class rate or just the monthly flat rate. That's it. Um, and so we hit it as soon as we pull into the place, and we've already got it all set up and. We can start. I find if I don't do that pre-leg work, then uh, time gets away from us, and we have not. Um, we have, we don't actually make any progress in getting her involved in any classes. So that's my two cents about that. Yeah, that's a great tip for that, and that is one reason. I think that's probably what's drawn us back to the same area in Florida. I know you've wintered different places. Um, we I don't know. This is our fourth winter, I think, in Southwest Florida, and honestly, that's why we come back here. It's either it's it's related to one of the kids' extracurricular activities, whether it was gymnastics with the girls. One summer, the boys played baseball. You know, we've kind of done several different things down here, so that definitely brings us back to that. <clears throat> and um, 
so yeah, I'm looking at the calendar tonight. I was just thinking about the fact that we're getting ready to leave, and it reminds me that this is our last show in June, which means that we are nearly halfway over with this season, our 10th season. We're going to say it again. And I have to correct myself. Last week, I went on and on about how it was our 134th episode, but guess what? It wasn't. That was our 133rd. This is our 134th episode of Road School Moms here in our 10th season. We're halfway through um, the series that we are talking about how to, to successfully plan your next road school year. And this is the time that we want to give a shout out to Time for Learning. They are our official season sponsors for season 10 of Road School Moms, and we're going to hear a few words from them right now. Time for Learning's award-winning student-paced curriculum for pre-K through 12 is perfect for road schooling families. Whether you're winding through the Rockies, exploring the Badlands, or cruising down the coast, your children can receive a great online education with Time for Learning's comprehensive and flexible homeschool curriculum. And thanks to our detailed online reporting, record-keeping is a breeze. Hit the road with timeforlearning.com and enter coupon code ROADSCHOOLER to test drive a 14-day trial. Yeah, you know, we've, uh, KT, like she said, her and I have both used um, Time for Learning for a while. I've actually used Time for Learning since we got on the road. I'm currently using that for um, all different ages of my kiddos, second, fifth, seventh, and ninth grade. All of them are using different uh, Time for Learning in different ways, but it's definitely something that has worked for us. And if you have any questions about that, I'll be glad to answer any specific questions you have about how to use it or how much data we use or you know, how we started and how we ended and all that, if you just shoot me an email over at info at roadtripteacher.com, and I will be glad to walk you through any questions you have with that. And while we're talking about curriculum, if you're one of our loyal listeners out there, it's no secret that our My Road Trip Teacher crew loves um, another one of our Road School Moms approved resources, Not Grass History. If you were with us at the SPEA a few weeks ago, then you may remember that I um, got the chance to talk with John Notgrass in their booth, um, not once but twice actually, about specific products. And um, specifically, if you have listened to us for very long, you know that I uh, I love, love, love that America is a Beautiful curriculum from Notgrass History. My fifth and seventh graders used that this year. Um, there were some chapters that we read aloud during morning time. Um, we even used bedtime stories sometimes for some of those favorite chapters or favorite lessons that we had. Um, that even my second grader loved. Um, so it was definitely something that we used for all ages in our rig. The stories and lessons I found resonated with my kiddos um, probably more than any other curriculum we've ever used because they can really relate to some of the landmarks that we've visited and the places that we have been, you know, associated with that historical um, material. If you're not familiar with Notgrass history, then stay tuned because we are going to be talking with Charlene Notgrass here in just a few minutes. Um, and we're featuring America the Beautiful tonight um, in planning your uh, your successful road school next year. We strongly suggest that you check that curriculum out for your social studies, history, geography. It really can play a big part in different parts of your um, of your curriculum. It tells the story um, of our country through lessons that focus on some of the things that we all see in our travels, natural wonders, um, some of the famous landmarks individual Americans and really just daily life for various groups. So I'm excited to talk with her about that tonight. So let's bring her on and uh, keep our audience from any further anticipation. Welcome, Charlene, to the show. Hello. It's so good to be with you tonight. Welcome. Thank you so much for making time to join us. Charlene, will you please take a moment? Oh, thanks. 
Will you please take a moment and uh, introduce yourself to our road school listeners and tell us how you fit into the homeschool community? Sure. I, as the girls have said, I'm Charlene Notgrass. My husband, Ray, and I both write curriculum for Notgrass History. It's a company that we run with all three of our children and one of our sons-in-laws. And then we have employees as well, but the six of us family members run the company. We are veteran homeschooling parents ourselves. We began homeschooling in 1990, and our oldest granddaughter was homeschooled for kindergarten this past year. So we're a homeschooling family, and we write um, the way we do because of what we learned while we were homeschooling ourselves. I also do a blog of encouragement Monday through Friday for homeschooling mothers. That's called Daily Encouragement for Homeschooling Mothers. And you can get to that at www.notgrass/daily. And I would invite your listeners to, uh, you know, to sign up for that. It'll come in your inbox every morning. So uh, we also travel to a lot of conventions. We've been doing that for 18 years. We've been writing curriculum and traveling to homeschool conventions since 1999. Wow. Well, speaking of conventions, I can tell you, Charlene, that I um, I don't know how I stumbled upon your curriculum before I went to FPEA, not this year, but last year. Um, but I had seen the America the Beautiful curriculum, and I was interested in it. Um, I can tell you that I remember reading somewhere that um, America the Beautiful, I can't remember what it said, something about it, it, it partnered um, the simplicity of a textbook with the richness of a unit study. I think that's what I read about it. And that yes. piqued my interest, yes, right away, that description. Um, but I can tell you that uh, walking into your booth at the FPEA last year is what sold me on your curriculum. First of all, just the the colorful um, nature of the products and um, I don't know, just the feel that I had in your booth. You can really tell it is a family run company and there's so much of your heart that is in your product. Um, and that was something Thanks. that, uh, you know, I felt right away. So that was really what sold us anyway on, um, on your products. So tell us what was your inspiration to begin writing curriculum and why did you focus on history um, for wow. that? That's a great question, and uh, what we find is a very interesting uh, uh, experience for a family. We, my husband was in ministry for 22 years before we started Notgrass Company, and uh, every church we were in, he would end up writing curriculum for adult Sunday school classes, and I would end up pulling together curriculum for children's classes, and we found that we just loved it. I, it's just really, um, it's the kind of thing we both just love to get up in the morning and write curriculum. That probably sounds really, really strange to a lot of people, but it really is something we love. And after all those years of doing that in churches, our son John had graduated from homeschool and we were he was trying to figure out what he was going to do with the rest of his life. And in his, you know, he was 20 years old at the time that we started Not Grass History. 
full time. And I, sometimes I'll say not grass company and sometimes I'll say not grass history. We use both of those terms around here, so I'm sorry I'm not being consistent. But anyway, um, we uh, thought we would write Bible curriculum. Now, Ray and I met in the political science department in college, and uh, I was majoring in political science and he was majoring in history. He got a master's in American history, and then we changed focus, and he decided to go into ministry, and he went and got a master's in New Testament. So here he's got, you know, master's in history, master's in New Testament, and I have a degree in political science. And But after 22 years in ministry, like I said, we thought we would write Bible curriculum. And I'm, I'm trying to make this short. We were at a convention in Nashville, Tennessee in 1999, and a lady came up to our booth and said, I wish somebody would write a Tennessee history because we're going to be missionaries, and she named the place, and I'd love to do Tennessee history before we go. And that afternoon, Ray and I just looked at each other and said, we could do that. And so we spent the next year writing Tennessee history with a Bible focus. And um, after that, uh, Ray came to me and said, I'd like to write an American history. I don't know if anybody would buy it, but I would just like to write one. And I said, go for it. And the rest, as they say, is history, so to speak. <laughs> uh, after that, people just, uh, as soon as his American history came out and people started using it, mothers were coming to him saying, when are you going to write world history? And um, then after years of people asking us if they could use our high school history for their younger students, we decided, you know, it was kind of like a dust lap. Well, evidently there's a need for younger history too. And so we started writing for middle school. Now, let me say we both stand on the shoulders of our parents and grandparents because my parents were always taking us to someplace historic. And Ray's grandfather was a collector of Civil War artifacts. And so we both grew up with history, and we loved it. And when we homeschooled, we emphasized it with our kids. And so that's the strange way we started writing history. Wow, that's quite a story. I'm so glad you all took that leap of faith. Um, I can just tell felt me? like God wanted us to write it, you know, the, the way it has turned out. That's fantastic. Fantastic. So what is your personal favorite title and tell us why? I read this question that you um, sent to me. Do you mean uh, not grass history title or just title in general? Yes, the first. Go ahead, Nervous. Yeah, I was just going to say sorry because I was the one that asked that question earlier and then KT got to read it. Your personal favorite title, um, well, you're not grass title well um that's a hard one because america the beautiful is very very dear to my heart because it was the first one that i wrote myself that i had helped write others and and so it's it's very dear to my heart but it's hard now that since we have from adam to us also um i um I really like both of them. Do I have to pick one? <laughs> uh, they both are written in exactly the same style. They each have a God's, you know, the units have a God's wonder, a daily life, 
a person, a um, a story, and a landmark. So um, I guess because From Adam to Us is our newest one, and it's so fresh in my mind, uh, and we learn so much. Every time we write a new curriculum, we learn so much. So we put everything we've learned for all these years into From Adam to Us. So I guess I'd have to say it's my favorite because of that. Um, but I do really love America the Beautiful, too. So that's no, it's my, my personal favorite. That's, that's my <laughs> personal favorite, too. So that's funny. So tell us, um, then let's talk about America the Beautiful for a second. Is this designed for a one-year study course, basically, then? It, it is, and we always do 150 lessons in any course of ours that's for a full year. And if it's a course for a half year, we do 75 lessons. Now, just real quickly, there's a funny story that goes with that, too. At that very first convention we went to in Nashville, we had two curriculum products, one that we don't sell anymore called Creating a Sense of Wonder, which was a Bible and science curriculum and we don't sell it anymore because we've never had a chance to update it and it just technically is so amateur <laughs> compared to what we do now that we we're embarrassed to put it out on our the table at our booth but the other one was draw to learn the book of psalms and when i wrote draw to learn the book of psalms it had a psalms has 150 chapters and as I looked at that study when I was writing it, I thought, this is perfect for homeschooling mothers. A typical school year has 180 days. Psalms has 150 chapters. 150 lessons is ideal for a homeschooling mom because that gives you 30 days of leeway. And so every four-year curriculum we have written since Draw to Learn the Book of Psalms has had 150 lessons because you can actually finish it in a year. So it is designed to be one year. We do, uh, we always do now a full-color hardback book per semester. And so America the Beautiful has part one, which has 75 lessons for the first semester, and part two, which has 75 lessons for the second semester. So that's, um, it's just very easy to complete it in a year. Now, you certainly can spread it out over a longer period if you want to because you all are the mamas and you know what works best for your children. But we wanted it to be possible to finish it in a year, and so that's how it's designed. Very good. And I love that you um, have actually told the moms that they can change it up because, you know, sometimes we just need to be reminded. We go to the road school, the homeschool conventions, we get all excited, we bring the stuff home, and sometimes it is can be overwhelming. And it's, it's mm -hmm. uh, important to have license, especially from the publisher, to say, hey, if it takes you two years, that's okay, too. It's going to be fine. These are so, children we're rearing, not, you know, buckets we're filling up. And I um, I am passionate about the purpose we homeschool, which is to uh, prepare our children to live for God here and live with him forever. And I just, um, 
if you want to get me upset, you know, just uh, let me talk to somebody who is pushing an agenda for homeschooling moms and telling them they have to do things this way and they're not measuring up if they don't do it this way and if their child is not at X place by Y year, then you're messing up or something. I, I just believe that homeschooling mothers are heroines and I just respect and admire what you all are doing and I trust you and God trusts you. He wouldn't have given you these children if he didn't trust you and he loves you, loves your children more than you do and he gave you as their mother and so, you know, how can I not trust you too? Great, great reminder. Thank you so much for that. Um, okay, Charlotte, you said American Beautiful is suggested for grades 5 through 8, that it makes mm-hmm. it an ideal product for upper elementary as well as middle school students. Can it be used for younger kids, and how do you suggest using it for them if that's the case? Well, um, this is how I see that. Uh, of it when families can study together. Uh, however, so, well, let me back up a little. For years, we were asked, oh, if people could use our high school courses for the younger children. And I um afraid that if somebody took the high school course with the middle school or junior high student, would be tempted to water it down. And our courses are so rich, the literature and the uh, history narrative and the projects and everything that I love for every child the full benefit of it. So if I were homeschooling, say you said this year you used America the Beautiful with a sixth grader and a seventh grader and, and then your second grader listened in, that's exactly how I would do it. I, if In that scenario, with a sixth and seventh grader and a second grader, I would have the sixth and seventh graders do, do the curriculum uh, as it is written, not, I mean, and when I say that, I don't mean you've got to do everything and you're a bad homeschooling mother if you don't, if you leave some of it out, that's not what I mean. But with the second grader, there are going to be things in the curriculum that the second grader is not ready to do. So what I would do is, like you said, I would read the lessons aloud sometimes and let the second grader listen. But I would, I would do, I would let those younger ones participate that way, just mostly as listening, maybe participate in the family activities. But I wouldn't do so much that they wouldn't want to do it when they got the ages it's designed for. Does that make does, does that make does that make sense? Uh you just don't want it to um kind of inoculate them <laughs> against wanting to do it again, like they just feel like, oh, I've already done this. So I think letting them listen as you read it aloud, find over coloring books or something for them to color while they're doing it or let them build a log cabin out of Legos while you're reading it aloud. Um, I just would like them to get the full benefit when they are a little bit older. 
But I, if I had that scenario, I'd probably read the lessons aloud with the younger one person. Those are great ideas. I love that. So for its designed age level then, um, within with the focus of history, geography, and, and literature in America the Beautiful, mm-hmm. let's just use that for an example again. Can this be used as an as a all-around com- complete curriculum for its designed age level? This is what we cover in America the Beautiful. We have Bible study three days a week. And let me explain that a little bit for the listeners who've not ever seen it or used it before. In the part one and part two that I mentioned, we have um, 150 lessons. So this is one way to do the curriculum. You read the lesson. Let's say you're ready for lesson 22. You read lesson 22, and at the end of lesson 22, there will be a list of possible activities that you can do afterwards. How many of those you do depends on what else you're doing in your school year. If you have a heavy load of other curriculum you're using, then you wouldn't want to do but one or two of those end-of-lesson activities. But if you wanted to only add math and science and maybe grammar, I'm not one of those moms who believes that a child absolutely has to have grammar every single year. I don't look down on anybody who does think they need it every year, but I've also seen some kids pretty burdened by too much grammar. So um, we don't include grammar, but this is what we do include. We, three days a week, and I say week, it doesn't have to be a week. We have those 75 lessons divided into 15 units in each book. So the whole course has 30 units, and each of those units has five lessons and for a total of 150 lessons. So if you uh, were doing this lesson 22, like I said, at the end of it, uh, well, let me talk about a whole unit. In a unit, you have Bible study three times a week, creative writing twice a week, um, Oh, I, I, uh, I it's, uh, let me uh, look at this again. Vocabulary. I know it's like the There's back vocabulary. of my hand, but that's yeah, okay. Yeah, vocabulary three right? times, yeah. Maps average three times a week in America the Beautiful. Timeline is every day beginning in about lesson four. Vocabulary is three days a week, creative writing twice a week. There's a hands-on family activity that's a craft or a party or a recipe or something one day a week. So for language arts, this, we're recommending the students read 10 books, uh, works of juvenile, you know, juvenile literature. Uh, we have, we've chosen 10 that uh, are from 10 different time periods in American history. So for language arts, they're reading 10 books. They are doing creative writing twice a week and vocabulary three times a week. For geography, they have the landmark lessons, uh, the American landmark lessons and the God's Wondrous lessons. Uh, So those are usually uh, a total of two a week. And then they have map study average on average about three times a week. And then they have the Bible study three times a week. So except for math and science, and like I said, maybe grammar if you need it, you can get everything else out of America the Beautiful. And if I was a new homeschooler or if I was a homeschooler on the road like you all are, 
I would love that because at the end of every lesson, we just tell you exactly uh, what we suggest that you do today at the end of the lesson. And if you make this the core of your year, then you have time to do a lot of those activities. Now, I'm not saying you have to do it that way. Like I said, if you have a great, you know, several other great curriculum products that you really want to use this year and you only want to use America the Beautiful for history, you certainly can do that. But it is economical both in time and money to use America the Beautiful as your core and just add the math and science and, as I said, perhaps the grammar. Now, as for science, there is some science in America the Beautiful because when we talk about the God's wonders, we talk about, you know, different aspects of geology and that sort of thing. Uh, but it's not a science curriculum. But, you know, there will be a little bit of science in it as well. That's fascinating. Okay. At the top of the broadcast, you mentioned uh, From Adam to Us. Can you briefly tell us about From Adam to Us uh, and the Uncle Sam and the You courses, Uncle Sam and You courses? Sure. From Adam to Us is almost identical to America the Beautiful. It's just world history instead of American history. And the title says it all. It is From Adam to Us. The first words in the curriculum are, in the beginning, God created. And in the last unit, they learn about the situation in the Middle East today. They learn about their landmarks are the tallest buildings in the world. They are near the end of the curriculum. It is the time period from Adam to your children. And then Uncle Sam and You is a civics and citizenship course for this same age group, a very exciting civics course. Um, when, I, when we were writing Uncle Sam and You, I had two close friends at the time who asked me what we were writing at the time, and I told them both civics, and one of them said, I hated that in school, and the other one said, that sounds really boring. And uh, I, uh, that was my challenge. <laughs> this is not going to be a boring civics course, and you would not believe the children who tell their mothers how much they love Uncle Sam. It is how America works today. So America the Beautiful teaches our history from Native Americans to the present, and then Uncle Sam tells how America works. Everything from what happens to you when you call 911 to who sets the table and cooks the food when the White House has a dinner for an ambassador. Just how America works. Well, that's interesting. Thank you for those specific examples. That is so helpful. So um, speaking from Adam to us, I know I just heard that there um, you, you are getting ready to release audio supplements that are available for that soon. Can you tell us a little about that? We are releasing those tomorrow, as a matter of fact. Uh, Ray and I have been having a blast for the last five months. We have been going to a recording studio in Nashville on Music Row. It's just been so much fun. And recording these, I have read from Adam to us, and he has been reading our high school course, Exploring America, which is to be released in July. But um, anyway, they are professionally recorded, and we read, we are reading the lessons. 
We don't read the assignments. We don't read the primary sources. Uh, we haven't mentioned the primary sources, but each of our uh, curriculum products beginning for fifth grade um, have a separate book that's all original documents, letters, newspaper articles, stories, speeches, and things like that. We're not reading those. We're simply reading the lessons that we wrote in part one and part two of the curriculum. And we've, um, they are nicely done with music at the beginning of every lesson. And they'll be available as uh, MP3 downloads and also as MP3 CDs. The MP3 downloads can start being downloaded tomorrow. And then the MP3 CDs, people can go ahead and order those, but they won't ship until July. They are, you know, the the hard C, uh, MP3 CDs, we do not have those in stock yet. They're still in process of getting uh, created, but um, the downloads will be available tomorrow. Well, oh, we have congratulations. a 20% off sale going on. <laughs> Thank you. There is a 20% uh, off sale going on on those till, let me think, I think it's July the 3rd. I think it's one week. I think it's from Monday to Monday that that 20% off sale is going on on those. Perfect. Wonderful. Um, okay, so what resources available from Knockgrass for high schoolers, and how many credits can be obtained from the course study? You have great questions. Um, we, for high school, we have Exploring World History, uh, which is uh, a full year of credit in history, English, and Bible. We have Exploring America, which is also um, credit in history, English, and Bible. And we have a half-year course called Exploring Government, which is written from a Christian perspective. Uh, the credit, though, is a half-year of government and a half-year of English. And then we have a half-year course called Exploring Economics, which is also um, a half-year credit of economics and a half-year credit of English. We're currently writing exploring geography for high school. Well, that's good to know. We'll be looking forward to that for my high schooler. So, that's Charlene, um, tell us, in all the years that you homeschooled your own kiddos and then now that you've um, spent all these, well, really, I guess it's almost two decades, writing curriculum mm -hmm. um, for your company, what what advice would you give to one of our road school moms that's um, planning, you know, is really trying to plan a successful homeschool experience for next year? Well, I think you have to keep it simple, and you have to keep your purpose in mind. Like I said a while ago, to me, the purpose of homeschooling is to rear children, to serve God on earth and live with him forever. And I think uh, that that decision to homeschool that way really transformed our lives. Now, my husband was a minister, and, of course, we had always believed we were putting God first, and that was always the purpose of our lives. But the first two years we homeschooled, I looked around at what other people were doing. I knew some school teachers. I, um, I tried to recreate public school at home the first year. 
And then the second year, we bought a very a wonderful unit study that was very mama-intensive, which meant I worked so hard pulling stuff together. And those two years were extremely difficult for me. And when we finally wrote down our goal that our purpose in life was to, our purpose for homeschooling was that we and our children and our grandchildren and every generation from us forward live for God on earth and live forever with him together in heaven. Uh, it transformed our um, approach and homeschooling became uh, the way we lived instead of a sack of rocks I carried around on my back that weighed me down. And that is what I would encourage all the moms to do is to make a plan and uh, make it fit who you are, fit where you're going, fit the lifestyle of your family, and put God first. Oh, so well said. Well, I um, can you tell us a bit about your book, Charlotte? about daily encouragement for homeschooling mothers. Well, yes. I wrote this several years ago. Our daughters were about to go on a mission trip to Germany uh, and uh, be mother's helpers for uh, some friends of ours who were homeschooling as missionaries in Germany. And the mom in the family with several children and on the mission field I just felt like she needed some encouragement. And so I took Titus 2 and all the things that Paul told Titus to tell the older women to tell the younger women. And in that book, I um, wrote one entry per day for a month. And so the idea of the book is that you... On the first of the month, you read number one, and on the 15th of the month, you read number 15. And if it gets lost in a stack of laundry for three months and you don't find it again, you're never behind. Because if it's the 18th, you turn to page 18. And there's just an encouragement from Titus 2 um, about loving your husband, loving your children, being workers at home, uh, everything that it says in Titus 2 that younger women are supposed to do that we older women are supposed to teach you how to do. I love that. And you've been so generous tonight, Charlene. You're, um, you brought five copies of your book, um, and you're going to give those away. And let me tell you how easy that is, Road School Moms. All you have to do is go to notgrasshistory.com, look up the America the Beautiful curriculum, and on there it will give you the literary list that is um, – that is in that bundle. If you buy that, uh, the literary list is, I'm sorry, it's not in the bundle. Is it Charlene? You actually have to buy the literary list uh, separately. We have a bundle for that's everything. Okay. It's not in okay. the curriculum package, but it is in right. the bundle. Okay. So the, uh, the 10 books that are in that literary list for America the Beautiful, all you have to do is email me at info at roadtripteacher.com one of the books off of that list. So notgrasshistory.com, go to America the Beautiful and check out that literary list and just email me one of those books off the list and that will 
qualify you to win one of Charlene's books, and we will give that away next week on the show. So shoot me an email, info at roadtripteacher.com. Let me make it easy for them. It's called a literature package, and that way if I, if I look for the literature package, they'll see. Awesome. Yeah. Well, so you gave us so much information today, and we so appreciate you um, taking the time to come on the show and um, speak to our Road School Moms listeners. I hope that so many of them find that Not Crass is a uh, very good fit for their Road School. I know Mary Beth does, and I know I actually was able to go through the whole curriculum um, park next to another Road School Mama who has bought that for her child's high school curriculum this year. So well done, and thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for what you all do to encourage mothers through your radio show. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Charlene. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Wow, what a wealth of information. Isn't she, though? I, and I'm really not – I don't know if you remember this, KT, but I was—I really wasn't on the fence about America the Beautiful. But if you remember when I went to FPEA last year – up until that time, most of my kiddos was using Time for Learning exclusively, which was fine, but my kiddos were looking for a textbook um, for a couple of things. And when we went into their booth, I had Taylor with me, who was coming out of fourth grade, going to the fifth grade, and she picked up that at those America's Beautiful books right away. And um, if you remember right, she was so excited about that that she started school in the middle of the summer. She was ahead of Tanner when they really started school in the fall because she'd already been dabbling around in it. And she loved the timeline. I'll just tell you, I will give you a little tip if you're using that. And if you're considering, oh, well, I don't really want all this bundle because I don't want to mess with all these extra things, blah, blah, blah. Well, I can tell you I'd done the same thing, and then I ended up going back within the first couple of weeks and getting everything else. The lesson review, the student workbook was important. Um, but the timeline and the maps book was the things that um, Taylor specifically loved the most. It was something that she completed at the end of each lesson, and as she went along through the year, it was really something that built um, that foundation for her, and she could go back and review it and, and refer to it. So definitely a win-win in our house. Oh, yeah, I got to see it because uh, Shara's got it for today, <coughs> and it was uh, really fascinating. So very, very exciting. Um, as you know, we are on a a summer program for our road school, which is including uh, Read Aloud. And so we're reading quite a few books together as a family. We finished A Wrinkle in Time. Is that the one? Yes, A Wrinkle in Time, which I can't say I was crazy about at all, and really helped me to be more discerning about the classics I bring into my home. Um, not that there's anything wrong with A Wrinkle in Time, but just because it's popular and just because it's required reading elsewhere doesn't mean it's enjoyable, is what I learned. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to those who love Wrinkle in Time. I'm so glad that you love it. But um, none of our six members of our family who went through the whole read aloud uh, enjoyed that book. And so it really gave me pause for thought on just blindly p picking classics because they're classics. In fact, mm -hmm. I even posted on my Facebook, can someone tell me what you love about this book? And uh, people did chime in for me, and I did understand uh, where they were coming from, but I didn't have the same sentiments. And then a lot of people chimed in with similar sentiments to mine, uh, saying, yeah, no, that wasn't my kind of book at all, even though it, a classic would suggest some sort of universal appeal, and yet that's not what we found. So, um, so I've been doing reviews, book reviews, 
not creating them, reading them, um, about the classics that I've brought in to make sure that, yeah, we want to um, read this book. We're currently doing a read-aloud with the James Gang and um, Clementine's family uh, called 21 Balloons, which is about an explorer, a balloonist explorer, who finds himself on Krakatoa right before the volcanic island erupts, which is an actual thing that happened in 1887. Um, so it's historical fiction, and it's fascinating. And actually tonight, after I'm done with the broadcast, we're going to finish it. We've been reading a chapter a night, and uh, that book has lent itself to so many fun assignments that the kids are actually asking me for assignments um, when we're done with the chapter. So one of the things in the book is that the children in in the story created their own amusement park rides. So then I charged our children with using their Lego bricks to create an amusement ride from scratch and uh, come and present it to us. And uh, that was one of the things we did last night, and it was so fun to see what they came up with. Ooh, how fun. I'll have to check that out. We um we haven't had a whole lot of time for reading the last couple of weeks, but hopefully after this week um it'll be slowing down and we'll have some time ahead of us, so reading sounds uh, like a good way to connect and keep that going. So I'm jealous because you're with Clementine and uh Sarah. You're traveling with two friends now. It's not fair. But uh You don't have okay, to be jealous. You have wheels. I know. You need to meet me in the middle. You need to meet me in Carbondale. Let's talk about that real oh, quick. Solar here Fest. comes Carbondale. Yes, tell us. Do you do you have you have spaces left in Oregon for your solar fest? I do have a few spaces left on my roster, but people are struggling to get um to get uh space at the campground because you know this has been an event in the making many many people actually got their um reservations for this event five years in advance. So your Carbondale connection, oh, my gosh, that is like a dream come true, especially since, as we'll talk about in a minute, that's the area where it's going to have the longest eclipse activity. My location in Bend um, is kind of full. There is a wait list that you can get on. It is hard, but there's also um, very close to our location a boondocking area, so if you want to come and join us, there's a boondocking area where you can put your RV and come uh, to the campground uh, for the activities. So uh, so keep that in mind. And if you need that information, I have it, Kimberly at Full-Time Family. So that's the Eclipse Hangout in Bend. And you're having an Eclipse Hangout in Illinois. I am. Carbondale, Illinois, the longest or one of the longest durations anyway in the country. Two minutes, 42 seconds, if I'm not mistaken. And we actually do have a boondocking site that is secured for at least 20 to 30 rigs. I can tell you that um, our reservation inquiries are starting to come in. So if that's something that you're looking at, please get a hold of me right away at inforoadtroopteacher.com because once our spaces are gone, they're gone. And um, interestingly, we're excited to announce tonight that our um, package will include tickets to the Eclipse, uh, tickets to the Eclipse Day, which is at the Salusi Stadium over at ISU. I'm and sorry, Kimberly's I'm house recording are so live. excited. <laughs> I'm recording live for my new, the name for my RV is now called the Dog Pound. So could you please <laughs> let the dogs out? <laughs> and that's why we know last week my kids were hitting each other with a pizza box, and this week you have dogs barking because we all know how real it is in our house. Anyway, our um, our package in, in Carbondale 
includes tickets to Eclipse Day. Includes what? I'm sorry. It includes, that's okay. It includes tickets to Eclipse Day, which is being held at ISU. That's where NASA is doing the live stream. That's where the Adler Planetarium from Chicago is going to be. All kinds of really cool things going on there at the college um, at ISU. And you know something that I thought of this week? If you have a high schooler um, that is thinking college may be their way, you know, a way on their list to be their way to start college while you're there, if you're in that area, if you're in Carbondale stop, then kind of kill two birds with one stone. So info at roadtripteacher.com if you want more information on that. Very cool. Very cool. So what's next week on our uh, Road School Moms agenda? You know what? That's a good question. And let me look. Let me look. Well, while you're looking, I will mention, if you need prayer, you're in the right place because we have a special group of prayer warriors dedicated to the needs of road school moms. So if you're um, if you're in the need, if you have something that you need us to pray for, please go ahead and send us an email at rsmprayers, road school moms, rsmprayers at gmail.com. And what that will what that will do is it will send your confidential prayer request to our prayer warriors uh, who will um, pray on your behalf. So I encourage you to take advantage of that. Lord needs we all, Lord knows we all need prayer for just just waking up on Monday morning. <laughs> That's <laughs> for sure. So please don't no prayer request too small. That's right. So next week on Road School Moms, we're going to talk about building a math foundation. The week after that, we are going to talk about hands-on science. Uh, Towards the end of July, we're going to do a show called Icing Your Road School Cake, which is going to be about extracurriculars like art and music and fun things like that. And then uh, the very last show in July, we will talk about your road school year wrap-up, and that's when we're going to talk about transcripts and all that kind of fun stuff. So we still have several shows ahead on planning a successful road school year. So stay tuned for that. And um, if you are listening to us over on iTunes, I want to give a quick shout out um, to our Ultimate Radio, Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Um, KT, we got in the top ten this week over at iTunes. That's very exciting. So for everyone that's um, give us a review, thank you. That's what it takes to keep us there. And uh, once you do give us a review, shoot me an email. I know I've said it ten times on the show, but I'll tell it to you again. Info at RoadTripTeacher.com. Let me know you've done a review over on iTunes, and I'll be glad to send you the digital product of your choice from my learning shop. Perfect. Yeah, that top ten, that was just super exciting. So thank you, Road School Moms. You're the ones that put us there. And, you know, when you are reviewing or when you're clicking play on that episode um, over at iTunes, what you're doing is allowing us to reach more and more Road School Moms. And if you don't know, this is a ministry that Mary Beth and I have been very passionate about for over two years, over 134 episodes, because we know, we remember a time where we felt all alone. And um, since we have found each other and found other road school moms, our road schoolers have benefited from our relationships with other road school moms, whether it's switching, swapping curriculum stories or just a mom to come alongside you and say, I get it, it's hard, um, it's okay, you're doing a good job. That's what this whole broadcast is about. And, yes, we talk to guests, and, yes, we learn new things alongside each other, but this is just a big hug that Mary Beth and I send each other and send all the Road School Moms 
out every uh, Sunday night, and that's why it's so important for us to be here every Sunday night with you all. So go ahead, and if you have not let, left a review, go ahead and leave a review because what you're doing is you're reaching other road school moms who need to hear the message. Very well said. I cannot add anything any better than that. So with that, we're going to wrap it up here tonight. Thank you so much for joining us, Road School Moms. We will be here same time, same place next Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Um, Again, thank you to our season sponsors, Time for Learning. Give them a shout-out over at the uh, um, timeforlearning.com. KT reminded you earlier that you can go on and test drive a two-week trial of Time for Learning by using the coupon code ROADSCHOOLER. That's ROADSCHOOLER, E-R with an uh, E-R on the end. And until next week, Road School Moms, safe travels, and God bless. This is Kimberly. And this is Mary Beth, your Road School Moms, on the road where education meets adventure. Until next time, we wish you safe travels and leave you with our traveler's prayer. Lord, be our guide and protector. Let those I encounter be blessed by my words. Let my hands be filled with your work, and may I be filled with your grace and kind words for others. May I be a light unto those around me on the journey ahead. Amen. Amen. This has been a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. If you'd like more information, go to roadschoolmoms.com.